Hi, can you see me? I can. Oh, yay. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. Yeah. Well, hello there, doggy. <laughs> yeah, Levy might be joining us. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> How was your food delivery? Oh, it was really good. Um, the third weekend um, of every month, uh, a small group of us um, make a bunch of food, uh, probably to feed like around 50 to 60 people and drop it off at the women's shelter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I, you have such a giving kind heart. Um, you, you work with animals, you take care of them, you work on the rescue, you doing this with the, with the, you know, the, uh, the food pantry, the, for the women's shelter. Um, you just have such a kind giving heart. I, and just, I'm just so grateful I got to meet you. Oh, I appreciate that. That's really kind of you to say, Mark. You know, I mean, I remember when, when you came on, when, when you were coming on uh, with Vic, uh, Vic said you were a sweetheart and he's just, it's just so accurate, you know, and, and how you made sure I was taken care of at Metal Immortal and your whole family was so kind to me. It's like, I get it. You know, oh, your sister good. was nice. Your mom and dad were just sweet as could be. And just everybody in your family was just, just so very kind and gracious and, and generous. I appreciate that. Yeah, that it, it's a, it means a lot to me to, um, you know, try to do as much as I can to just kind of try to make, I know how cliche that is, but like the world a better place, right? Right, right. You can't change it all, but you can change your corner of it, you know? Totally. And I feel like, you know, when people see me doing it, it might inspire them to do it. Sure. Yeah. You know, be like, oh, wow, it's that easy or oh, I can do that little and make that big of a difference, you know? Right. Yeah, I totally I totally get that. Okay. There's, there's Red Bull. Hello. Nice to find you. <laughs> this is Deb, this is another Mark. Mark, Deb. I know, lovely hat, Deb. Thank Very you. nice hat. I bet some awesome guy gave that to you, probably. <laughs> yeah. I've worn it many times since. <laughs> I'm so glad. That's I just appreciate it that it wasn't just for the photo op. I thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, uh, dude, totally. Yeah, and the, yeah, the, the weather's of... getting cold, so it's perfect. perfect yeah, timing. Well, and also too, nothing feels better than supporting the people that support you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just like it just it, it just feels so natural to want to reciprocate that that appreciation and respect. You know? Yeah. I, you know, that's a great way of saying it, Deb, because that's exactly yeah. how I felt at Metal Immortal. Just the 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 atmosphere was so positive and encouraging. Every band was there. Just there was no like one upsmanship. There was no like drama or conflict. It was no like competition. It was like we're all here supporting metal. We're here for the fans. We just love what we do. We want to play music. We we want you to enjoy it. And we're here because of you. It was just like a this recept reciprocity that was really so wonderful um and that's what i'm really loving about the underground metal scene that i mean we've been metal fans all our lives and i'm just discovering how grand and big the underground metal scene is and i'm excited about music in a way that I haven't been for a long time and it's because of meeting people like you and going to see you like through this show um and vic has been 
you know instrumental in like introducing us to all kinds of music and then through this show we you know all kinds of music and now it's like i just want to see i want to see it all you know <laughs> it's like a pokemon like i gotta go i gotta see them all you know um yeah, yeah. like midnight is playing next friday uh in cleveland uh midnight yeah. assault are you coming? Are you going to come come see the show? No, I was hoping I could go, but we have some friends coming into town, so we are going to have to stay back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're willing to get, in, to get them on the show. I need to get Don his microphone stand back. I've had his microphone stand since Metal Immortal, and I need... I thought I was going to the show, and now that I can't... <laughs> yeah. He yeah. needs it for the show on Friday, you know? Right, right. Well, they put on such a fun show. I like their music. I just bought their, um, I got their their two re-released uh, double disc sets, you know, with all their old old stuff repackaged that uh, Metal Blade just put out. And um, so that was really cool. But every band on this show, like Nunslaughter, I mean, they were they were there at Metal Immortal. They're a Cleveland band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Assault, they're a really good, like, technical, like, thrash band like old school thrash great band um the only one i've not seen on that bill is destructor so and then vic says you gotta go yeah so yeah um and then the week after metal immortal or weeks two i went to blades of steel in wisconsin because randy yeah it was a week after the week after yeah jag panzer was there we went jag you know i uh, got the chance to hang out with those guys and then bands like violence which i'd never seen oh my god i was blown away by them um and solicitor uh just yeah. fun, just phenomenal they would do killer you know at metal immortal uh again they just, actually played um they played the one uh, um the year before uh last year oh did they they did oh awesome yeah yeah yeah, they were great. I, I definitely want to get them on the show. Um, and it's just like, it's just nice now to see. It's like, I, I and Ringworm, they're a great Cleveland band. 72 Legions are from Akron. You know, there's just so, so many, so many great bands that we've, that are out there. Um, and I kind of feel like I, I was, when I went to go see the 72 or the, it was, um, might've been, it might've been the Deceased show with, you know, you and Deceased and, you know, Lady Beast. And I was texting my wife. I'm like, man, I, all these kids are coming in and these, these adults with like their jackets with the patches. I'm like, I feel like I'm not metal enough. Like I'm a fucking poser. Cause you know, these are bands like, I just, I just don't know these bands, but I've been in metal all my whole life. My wife, wife texts me back. She's like, you're fucking Montag, you know, you're metal. I'm like, okay. I just, this is a whole underground metal thing that I just, I just need to know more about. And uh, so I'm just well, so I'm glad I've discovered it. I, I especially now, I feel like a lot of people, and like I was like this when I was younger, you know. I like used to like paint stuff all over my vest, and I was all about like sewing shit on and wearing this and wearing that. And you know, I guess at one point it can kind of be this like heavy metal, like you know, armor showing, you know, whatever. But to be honest, like the older that I get, the more I'm like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean, like. I think it's like it, it's it's so unposer to just be at the show and enjoying the music. Yeah, like that makes you authentic. Yeah. You know, just being there and being a fan, it, it already like poser is nowhere in there. Just because yeah, you're not wearing the patches or this or that. And I feel like some people try to make you feel like you aren't that because you're not wearing mm. 
the uh, the uniform. Yeah. I'm like, let's yeah. break free of that. Yeah. And when you're younger, you're trying to kind of fit in and it's a big part of your identity, you know, and it's it's like you're you're really right. all wrapped up in that world, you know. And as you get older, you're like, you know, it's not as it's still important. That's a you know, that's a big part of your life, but it, it it's not so much a part of your identity. Like you're you're comfortable being the fullness of who you are, not just that metal part, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't feel like you have to show anyone what you're into. Exactly. Right. You are comfortable right. in yourself to just mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the confidence that comes with getting older, you know, and uh, it's right. a lack of confidence when yeah. you're young. You you, know? you're, you have, um, you just come to a point where you wish you had more middle fingers, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, you just don't give a shit. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very much, well, I, yeah. I get it, I get it. So, all right, we're going to do our thing, and then uh, we're going to get rolling. Hey, guys, this is Jeff from Volcana, and you are listening to Heavy Metal Horror. I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. And this is Dreadful. And we're missing Chop Top. And you are watching. And listening but we've upgraded. To, but we've upgraded with Devil Vine. <laughs> You've, you're watching and listening to... Heavy <laughs> Metal, Metal Horror. Oh, yes, kitties, that's right. Your eyes aren't deceiving you. That's right. Chop Top didn't get a whole lot better. No, we've got Deb oh. Levine from Lady Beast. We've completely un- <laughs> we've yes. unuglied all Chop Top's whole set. That's right. Oh, my God, what an upgrade. That's right. People are going to be like, keep her on the show. I'm like, he's welcome to come anytime. Um, Deb, thank you for joining us again on Heavy Metal Horror. It is wonderful to see you. It is a pleasure to be back, and I'm excited to talk some spooky. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, for those fans. of you in the know, Deb is the singer extraordinaire for a band called the Lady Beasts. Um, they're a great traditional heavy metal band. Um, I have a Lady Beast sticker uh, right in, in here, right next to Sonia. Um, and uh, puts on a festival every year in Pittsburgh called Metal Immortal. And you also have a new venture with Dying Victims Productions. Um, would you like to tell us a little bit about what's going on there with Lady Beast? Um, it was very exciting because we were at a point where we had already started writing our new album and we're kind of wondering what direction we were going to go, whether we were going to go back to the way we started putting stuff out ourselves or if we were going to go searching for a label um, and then we had the opportunity to play Headbangers Open Air in Germany and Dying Victims was there. Um, Florian contacted us um, afterwards and we got to talking and decided that we wanted to work together and put out a couple albums and uh, see what happens. That is cool. That's got to be exciting when you have a, when you have a, a label that wants to like support you and and do stuff with you. That's got to be exciting. It's very exciting. And it's also exciting to feel like you're working with someone who is trying to also build community with the people they work with and the people that they, you know, affect, uh, that they organize things for, you know, um, 
we come from the underground. So that's where we like to just kind of stay. And that's kind of our mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. We, we, we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, a little before the show um, about that sense of community and, 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 and giving. And that's one of the, what I found so refreshing and wonderful about the, the underground metal community is that all, everyone's just so kind of nonchalant. Everyone's just there. They're just happy to be there. The fans are, are, you know, it's a, about playing the music, pure and simple. And I have not seen any kind of like, I'm sure there are, as soon as you get into the underbelly of it all, but I've not seen any kind of like stuff that dealt with like egos or, you know, clashes or problems or people screaming at each other. Like, no, we, why, why are we playing fifth on the bill? We should be, you know, this, I'm like, it was, it's all like, you know, we're here, we're going to play great music. We're going to have fun. And, and that's what it was about. And that's, it seems so pure, you know, and, and unaffected. And that's what I, I just really gravitate toward this. Is that that's your experience great. as I well? Like. It the bands you play with and you know your circles do you, is that kind of what you're finding in the underground metal community is that i mean when a band like hyrax comes and plays metal immortal that's a pretty big big deal but he's just you know it's just like there's no none of that like we're something special you know you know you just didn't have any of that rock star kind of bull stuff you know bullshit mm-hmm. and i think again that comes from Caton being such a prominent member of the underground um we kind of try to stick with bands that are you know what i mean of that subculture because they know how hard it is to tour they know how hard it is to organize shows they know how, how important music is to the fans so it's not always about the money it's not always about yeah like the slot um it's about being there and supporting the the greater cause, which is bringing live music to, to the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a great venue for it. Uh, a great one day festival, you know, mm-hmm. easy drive. I mean, it's like two, two and a half hours from where we live, which is Northern Ohio, yeah, you know, true. West of Cleveland. So it's an, it's a, you know, not a hard drive. Um, and the venue was awesome, you know, and going back and forth, it just, every band was great. You know, and I thought the crowd was fantastic. They were totally into it and supporting every band. You know, they were willing to go check out every band who played and to give them a, a good listen and to support them. And yeah. there's there's no greater feeling. And like you even said yourself, like there are more people there because, you know, you opened the show. There are more people there than there were the year before and the year before that. And right. it was such such you felt that outpouring of support from the fans and I, I'm, it's good. I'm, you know that that closeness between fan and and the the band. I think that's really important on on both sides. You know um, of the, of the stage. I think to to know that you get that support. That's that's exciting both ways. You know, for sure. Oh, all right, kitties. Well, tonight we're doing something spooky. That's right. We're returning to our horror slugfest. Yes, this is our second one. Our first horror slugfest, Deb, we did The Howling versus An American Werewolf in London. So we Ooh. had two two titans of lycanthropy um, mm-hmm. or lycanthropy. Um, and tonight, this this was suggested by Dreadbull, that son of a bitch. Um, this one's going to be, this one's a tough one. We have two amazing horror sci-fi films in Alien versus The Thing. 
as in John Carpenter's remake. The 1982. 1982, yeah, 79 and 1982. So, yeah, well, this is going to be a match. This is going to be down to the wire, I think. Both these films are amazing. So um, how about we'll start with Dreadbull. We'll start, we're going to look at story and plot. Let's start um, with you, Montag. You've never okay. started one of these slugfests. Yeah. You, you, you never you, get to start, so. Okay, that sounds Let's, good. Yeah, um, go ahead. Well, I, I I think both movies here are derivative. We have It, um, you know, Alien is a derivative of a movie called It, The Terror from Beyond Space. And actually, 20th Century Fox was sued and lost. Uh, or, you know, the, the movie company has sued them because there are a lot of elements in It, The Terror from Beyond Space that show up in Alien. Whereas in they they go to a planet, they just they pick up a creature, it hides out on their ship, um, and it also uses the air ducts to crawl around and things like that. So there are, there are quite a few similarities. So if you've never seen It, the Terror from Beyond Space, it's a, it's a it's a classic '50s sci-fi. And then the Thing from Another World um, is the the first movie, but you know the Thing is a remake of the Thing from Another World, um, based on Campbell's short story Who Goes There, which is a great story. Now, so they're both both kind of derivative. Um, I do wonder if Alien kind of invented this idea of the corrupt corporation trope, which we've seen ad nauseum mm-hmm. since. Yeah. But we have this this kind of beginning um, in this idea where the company sent them to this planet, and they knew ahead of time that there's this horrible alien and to bring it on board. So that that has I have seen that in dozens and dozens of movies since. But I'm wondering maybe this movie started that. Um, we have both movies have heroes that are thrust into roles really without wanting it, whether it's um, McCready or um, Ripley, you know, they're just they they're just kind of there doing their thing. Um, and then we have both movies involve aliens that change their appearance or morph into something else when they have interaction with other species. Uh, so this one was a tough one because I think both of the stories are really intriguing. But for me, I'm going to have leaned as far as the story. I think it because it's of of the scope and breadth of the story which is a little more expansive. My vote goes for Alien. Ooh. Because I think the story is okay. a little broader in context, and there's a little more going on. You've already messed up. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Right off the bat. <laughs> All right. So, um, Deb, would you like to go next? And Dreadbull, do you want to you bring uh, us up yeah. from behind? Okay. Sure, why, why? All right, Deb, you're next. Okay. So I was... Um talking to someone the other day and I actually didn't know this and you guys probably do but but body horror is that the genre where mm-hmm. things happen to people's bodies in movies yeah, like David Cronenberg there's, like, there's a lot there's sort of of, yeah 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 someone was telling me oh because I was telling them about this podcast and I'm like oh yeah that's like a whole movement of like horror is like things that mm-hmm. happen to people's bodies yeah. I was like, oh, weird. I didn't even really think about it. But yeah. Um, so I, so we do kind of like both at once, right? We're like talking plot wise, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Story and plot. That's what we're, what's we're looking at. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start from like my opinion at the end and work my way out. I agree with you that Alien has a way more broader and easy to follow plot. When I had actually never seen a thing before, this was my first time watching it. Really? So, wow! Yeah, it was, it you're was welcome. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> um, me and Adam watched it together. Adam had already seen it, but he actually forgot how awesome it was too. So, um, right off the bat, 
I feel like I just kept asking Adam, what are they doing out there in Antarctica? Like, I'm just so confused. What is going on? Like, he's like, they're, they're on like a station and they're like scientists. I'm like, but why? Like, I just <laughs> felt like it never was explained like, why they're out there. What's That's going on? That's very true. They're a bunch of dudes just out there <laughs> doing science, you know, right. nothing was ever, whatever. So, um, I agree that like overall I felt like uh, Alien had a more descriptive um, idea of what they were all doing there. Maybe more of a character development too. I feel like you got kind of more attached to the characters a bit. Um, Like you said with the corrupt uh, corporation I just felt like that even deepened the plot even more. Um, Whereas the thing it was spooky that they kind of like walked up on this whole operation that the European also random people out there. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> were, the, uh, the Norwegian team. Yeah. The Norwegians, they kept calling yeah, Swedish. yeah. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It just felt a little more confusing, you know, which kind of added, I guess, to the drama and the thriller of the thing. But um, yeah, for me, my vote would be alien had the, the more substantial meaty plot. All right. All right. Excellent. excellent. I guess my vote means nothing now. It's, As it uh, should. Round one right. is now you've, now you've learned your place, Dreadbull. It's about yeah. time. It's, a, it's what happens when you bring up the rear, I guess. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, story and plot. Like you you had mentioned some of the similarities between the two. And the reason the, the reason I suggested these two movies together was were those similarities, you know, and especially the isolation. You've got this alien that kind of takes on d- uh, disguise. Well, hid inside the guy in the case of alien then they didn't realize it but the isolation of having to deal with this monster and there's no way out it's just you and your 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 friends or your co-workers and you you either deal with it or you're dead you know and there's there's no way out of this this problem so uh as far as plot like story wise when you break down alien i think it's a fairly it's a pretty straightforward pretty simple plot there is the twist with the the guy working for the corporation which mm-hmm. was really cool really actually cool. a goddamn robot yeah he was a robot yeah, yeah that, robot. Was, that was a great twist and yeah. a great way to to justify getting that damn alien onto the ship you mm-hmm. know um i thought though alien or the thing with it being able to get into someone infect them and turn into them i thought the whole element of distrust of everyone you're with, like an alien, for the most part, they knew they had their friends with them and they could work together to defeat this thing. In the thing early on, you realize you don't know who the hell your friends are. And so there's this whole distrust, this whole element that added a ton of tension to the story. While I think overall, the alien story was a cleaner, more well laid out and well-told story. I thought the extra element of distrust in the thing made it a bit more interesting. It gave it a little more depth. A little so, more tension. It's a yeah, tension. Yeah, tension because you as the sure. audience don't know who to trust either. Exactly, right. It's not like, you know, that's right. a different type of tension. If you knew it and the characters didn't, that would be a whole other kind of tension. But you don't know as well, mm-hmm. which I think is, is becomes palpable. Because you're yeah, starting you- to think like, oh, this person's the alien. <laughs> and, you know, and it kind of usually just blows your mind when they're not. And you're looking at everyone. Are they acting weird? Yeah, you know, right. so this guy went and did something weird. He's got to be the one, you know, so you're always looking for it. So f- for me, I think I'm going to give the thing the edge in story and plot 
uh, for that reason. I thought it just added a layer of tension that uh, while Alien had tension in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, so that that's my my choice is, is the thing. While it doesn't matter. The alien has already won round one, and you know you didn't you didn't uh, announce round oh, one. Oh, I with right the, with the with the bell. Oh, yeah, you I really I, messed I, up you know, there. I did, I did, I totally. You're not used to up. going first, did that totally threw you off. That's what it did. Yes, <laughs> I used to just roosting. And see, I have this awesome since it's like a boxing match thing, Deb. I do this great thing where I go, and there's all this wonderful sound effects that are going to come in the finished product. So you're going to hear this lovely. You can just hear it. How amazing it's going to sound. So that was round one, people. So I'm going to do a retroactive round one. Okay. There you go. So now, <laughs> at the end of round one, we have Alien over the thing. So now round two, this is about the script um, and yeah. the uh, actual writing, the dialogue, um, which can sometimes supersede the, the plot, but it's different. So it's a different thing to look at. So round two. There we go. Thank you for the reminder there, Dreadbull. You are like our ring girl. So Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll part yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wash my eyes out now with that. I'll never unsee that. Real horror slug fast. <laughs> yeah, that's talk yeah, that is that is heavy metal horror. Um I I I like both both of the scripts I think feel authentic. We have real yeah. human people that are kind of tired of where they are, um, Ooh. what they're doing, and there's a lot of tension in both teams. You see just a natural aggravation of people cohabitating. Eventually, you're just going to rub each other the wrong way. You know, it's just whether it's marriage or whether it's a team, whether it's coworkers, you can't be Pollyanna all all the fucking time. So um, and I like that about that. It feels it feels authentic. Um, there's a level of distrust that you had mentioned, Dread Bull. So these things I thought were really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um but as you had mentioned in round one about the level of distrust, that's what I I focused on. And for this one, for the script, because my vote is for the thing, because I really think that this movie, the d- authentic dialogue, the tension between the characters that are kind of unraveling. I think the script is really super tight here in that regard, as far as the it feels it doesn't feel like someone's writing words. These feel like reactions from real people who are struggling with like real things. The emotions come through. That's a different thing for the performance. But script-wise, I think writing um, nodges, uh, nods toward the thing. Okay, Ooh, excellent. Okay, so there Good I am. Okay, there. okay, Deb? Um, this is an interesting question. I guess, you know, when I'm watching a movie, I don't really, uh, I never really thought about the words that were being spoken. You know what I mean? Um, I totally agree with everything that you said. Um, I also was noticing maybe like a hint of uh, sexism, you know, an aggravation with that and alien, Um, you know, like when she didn't want them to like, uh, you know, buzz them in, you know, she, she was supposed to be next in command and I just, you could see her struggle with like her position and yeah they didn't really respect that at all Mm -hmm. totally yeah there were a couple moments like that so i thought that was like really interesting to kind of like showcase uh in a script um but i i do agree with you that it seemed more real life uh in the thing 
uh, it seemed a bit more natural because things were so, I guess, confusing and unpredictable. Like you were describing in the first, uh, in the first round, you know, it, everything was suspect or sus as the kids are saying today. <laughs> They were, they were all sus. Look at us being all so sus. Being so they were very kids. sus. Um, <laughs> no, just maybe being inspired um, by the things you brought up. I, I, I'm going to go with the thing as well. Oh, very nice. nice. Okay. Okay, the thing. So, yeah, uh, for me, it's funny. You mentioned, you said authentic. That's the exact word I, I came up with, too, with like the alien uh an alien in the dialogue like it really feels authentic it feels like here's a bunch of people that work together all the time that are stuck together you know there there's a, a certain amount of banter i thought it was really uh the dialogue was um like understated as well and and alien and it and that's what made it feel authentic it wasn't like movies of that era are often real overblown with like banter and it's really cheesy and just way overdone but this just felt like a bunch of people that just woke up from being asleep. I don't know, several months, I think at that point. And they all look tired, you know, and like, and they're, <laughs> so they're just chatting a little bit. There's a little bit of joking going on, but just everybody's trying to get some coffee in them and get some breakfast. And so I love the, 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 uh, the talk between them. Um, uh, the thing was a little more, the banter was a little more energetic, you know, and maybe, borderline cheesy at times but it fit the Watch tone Clark. of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but it fit the tone of the movie i thought mm -hmm. so i think yeah the 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 script for both movies fit the movies very well and fit the tone of the movies mm -hmm. um yeah so a couple things that bugged me about the thing was like their the kind of matter of fact reaction they had to like when the dog first turned and mutated and they're all standing there looking at it and they finally burn it and it dies and they're all just kind of standing there like they really take it in stride in a way that's probably not very realistic like okay you just saw some alien creature just this huge mutation happen and and they're like they're just all kind of just like okay you know and then he's like dissecting it on the <laughs> operating table and breaking pieces out and you know and everybody took it in stride just a little too much. I think there would have been a, at least a couple of them absolutely losing their minds at that point. Like, yeah, the, the realization that this alien mutant is now among us. Uh, but uh, I, I, all in all, I just I think it's a matter of taste for me. I liked the way Alien handled the dialogue and the interactions between characters. I loved that understatedness of it and the authenticity mm -hmm. that that brings um yeah so i'm gonna go against the grain here once again and for me i'm gonna give it to uh this the script round two to alien yeah which is I, all I, for naught because the thing wins, wins. Yeah. I, I agree though with you there dread i mean i, I everything here you said I, I do love that that banter you mm -hmm. know and i often wonder like i know in some movies or tv shows like the like the movie um uh, Super Eight. Have you seen that one? The the uh, about yes. the kids who are filming yeah, a movie the and then the mm -hmm. aliens. Yeah, yeah. Um, great movie. Well, they they to to get the feel that these kids were friends and knew each other months before the shooting began. They got these kids together and just started having them hang out with one another and doing stuff and oh, getting nice. pizza and going out and like playing and doing stuff, so that that natural 
that relationship could be authentic. And that's what, that's what it certainly feels like. I mean, and I wonder in sometimes when are these people just such good actors or have they, do they spend time beforehand as a director? I would want to know, like if they don't know one another, like Yafet Koto is amazing and everything he's done. Yeah. Um, but like you have such a disparate group of actors where they, did they spend time? I would, you know, it almost feels like they, they have known each other for, for 10 years. Yeah. Whether it's or, acting or whether it's natural, it feels really it, natural. It feels real. Right. Like these people, it feels like they've worked at a hard mining job together, you know, and are stuck together for months on end, you know, at a time and yeah, 100% authentic feeling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, two rounds down. Um, round three is going to be look and feel. This is just basically how the movie looks, how it gives you the visceral feel. Uh, could be the like this, the, the atmosphere of it, the sets, the set design, all those kinds of things that kind of give the as the the mise scene of the movie. So uh, round three. Um. Well. I think both of these movies have sets that look real. They look lived in. The Nostromo is dirty. Um, it, it, it's full of working machinery that drips. It's full of things that look like you could fix or that would easily break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not the only like real clean room is where when when ripley goes into the and, and when their captain's in the computer room and all these kind of white Not dazzling that. lights yeah you know and but the rest of the ship looks grimy and the the suits that they wear when they're exploring the planet you, you know they have fingerprints all over the screen you know the face shields and it looks like these are just used and worn so there's a real there's a realness to that you know the alien planet is striking in its in its starkness. That's desert. The, you know the egg field is is really good. Yeah, but the Antarctic lab is is messy and it's rough looking and it looks like it's been slapped together in places and it's not always finished. It looks like here's we got plywood and we got two by fours <laughs> and and we got some conduits running our electrical wire and that's it. You know here's why it's that's why it's thirty degrees in here because it's cold. You know um and and the thing the the thing definitely makes you feel cold. It makes you feel isolated, you know, the, from the cabins that they all live in, the little tiny huts that are physically spread around, you know. Uh, so it's a very, both movies are very effective in what they do. But I think as a total package, there's more of the look and design, the feel, um, I think shows cases in Alien more than the thing because there's just more uh, more to it. Um so more places to see, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my round goes to Alien. Ready? Okay, Deb. Um, I agree that both uh, 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 environments seem very realistic. Um, I think that one of the reasons why the spaceship looks so dingy is because those motherfuckers are smoking all over it. <laughs> it was one of the first things I thought. The first thing that guy did was like light up a cig uh-huh. and they're drinking like coffee around all of the equipment. It was giving me anxiety. I was like, as an adult, you know, as a house cleaner, I was like, this is gonna, this is so messy. This just seems so wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, I also don't think that uh, each environment could have been any different though, right? 
um, an alien, you couldn't take your eyes off of anything. I mean, the vet, even the air vents were cool to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, everything in there, especially like you said, the main place where they contacted mother, um, all those bright blinking white lights, you know, it was just so fun to look at. Uh, when they get into the alien spaceship and everything just looked wet and, you know, super mechanical. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. Um, so in a way, I think that alien was much more um, stimulating, you know, visually. Um, I think that there was something cool, uh, like you said, about the realism, the isolation, the coldness, the darkness of the thing. Um, but if I, I was going to like, uh, you know, if I, if I need to pick one, it's definitely going to be alien because overall there's just way more going on and way more visual stimulation. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Man, for me, like, so <laughs> Alien being over 40 years old, you can sit and watch that movie, and it looks like it could have been made last year. Like, the set, sure. the, the interior of that ship is so good. And, yeah, it looks worn. It looks lived in. It looks like a work ship. Um, I, I, you know, and then, I mentioned it before. I love how everyone looks just tired. I don't know if they just cast actors that look tired all the time and have bags under their eyes, but it looked really good. Like they just, they all look just haggard, you know, like, Oh, they didn't want to get up already. We're not home yet. Like oh, maybe shit. they filmed those scenes. Like after they've been filming for 16 hours, it looks that would, like that would, it. That man. would be a great way to kind of really carry that sense of tiredness. Yeah. So all the interiors, I loved how they opened with just these slow walks through the hallways of the ship. I love all the computers, even though it's 40 years old, you know, usually a movie that's 40 years old that deals with technology looks really, really cheesy now, but they still, it still looks good. Uh, the computer sounds were pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Mother, the, 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 that's a really cool concept. And the ship has got, you know, the whole ship is a, is a character too, with voiced by mother, you know, is kind mm -hmm. of the voice of the whole ship. Um, but man, I, it's, I'm, amazed at how well that thing still holds up to this day even like you mentioned when they go and explore the alien ship and it's kind of biological and kind of mechanical and uh and the sets and believe it or not so i out of curiosity after watching these two movies i looked up the budget for both <laughs> alien had an 11 million dollar budget the thing had a $15 million budget. Wow. Well, three I years think... difference couldn't make that much difference as far as terms of... Not that much. No, no, not in special effects. Wow. I was blown away. I, I figured Alien had like three times the budget that the thing had. But uh, cool. yeah, I was shocked. After seeing all those scenes and like the scene of them going out to the ship and looking at it compared to the scene from the thing when they went to the ship and looked at it. It's night and day. There's no comparison to the visual, the visuals of those scenes. Uh, so yeah, the uh, the thing. Uh, also, yeah, love the harsh environment, the isolation. Um, when when it 
when you could tell it was on location, there were times when you could tell it was in a studio and have the spray on ice or, you know, in the snow and stuff. And I thought that was a little immersion breaking. Yeah. Um, I think the scenes when they, at the very end, when they were down underneath and the things like coming through the floor and stuff, like all those scenes look like they were done in a studio. So I thought it broke the immersion a little bit, you know, that, uh, when it was pretty, pretty blatant, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and this one was too. There's like no Hollywood glamour. They did a good job with with the thing also making people look real and tired. And they've been working in there in this super harsh environment. So both movies did an excellent job of uh, of making everything look authentic. But I'm with both of you guys. I think the alien just the absolute preponderance of great sets and every every room in the interior of that ship is awesome looking. Even when they're like the more industrial like where the engines might be and the chains are hanging down and there's water dripping and like even though it makes no sense oh, i couldn't cool. figure out what it was that was going no, on I couldn't either. Either. <laughs> yeah, i'm like this is like, a giant room like, like what the hell is this big empty room yeah here maybe doing? it's like a cooling I'm, I'm just thinking maybe like a cooling like yeah because it was dripping the it very well could be right but it, it yeah. didn't matter because it looked like it fit it belonged <laughs> right yeah yeah chains dripping of course mm-hmm <laughs> So yeah, I agree with you guys. I think uh, I think Alien just because uh, the thing like the sets there could easily be done. You could do that on a pretty low budget. It's just buildings on Earth. You know, there's nothing too, super special. They did as well as they could with them, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean the Alien ship is so damn cool. All right, that was so, a clean sweep for Alien. So after three rounds, Dreadbull, what yeah, what is our Alien is up two to one. Ooh. We've Alien has story focus. and look and feel, and the uh, the thing won for script. All right. Oh, wait a minute. Did I get that wrong? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The thing. Yes. The thing yep. won for script. You guys both had it. All right. <laughs> um, well, great. So round four is performances. We're going to look at performances, the acting um, from the people, the actors in the movie. So round four. Um, I think both movies have fine performances by the entire cast, you know, you we've we've gotten associated with Wilford Brimsley with the whole diabetes thing but but his you know he's got some great memorable lines um and and there's some legitimate emotion that comes out in both scenes like where they test the blood in the thing and like they finally got the captain there and they're all thinking oh the captain's one of them and like they burn his blood and like nothing happens and he starts screaming would you get me enough time for yeah. this fucking couch <laughs> yeah. you know like and you just yeah. hear that and then you you mm -hmm. you hear the frustration in, in the thing or in alien, you know, where, you know, with the crews, they just don't want to fix it. You know, uh, they just like, don't want to fix the ship. They just want to get home. You know, Parker is just like, you know, he just wants to get home and party. You know, it's just, you, you just feel it, a palpable emotion in both. But I think the subtleties of the performances in alien win it for me, we have Parker, we have the ash, I mean, when you watch it again, you will see and notice the things that he does and says, but there are shots of him engaging, especially when you hear, when you hear, uh, what's the character? The one who uh, was, um, he had the alien in him. He's like talking about smothering. You, there's a shot of Ash. That was Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. When Kane's talking and then there's a shot of Ash and he's looking at him intently. Um, yeah. And some of the things that he says earlier, you know, like the performances are so subtle with him. Like, but when yeah. you see it, knowing that, like. Okay, 
Okay. And he doesn't get caught up in the emotion of any of the any of the yeah. stuff going on. He's very just he's very unemotional about all that stuff. And so yeah, when you know, know when, right, <laughs> right. When you know why, you recognize it a lot more. Yeah. I can't say was it like at the end of like his last line, I can't say that I th- I think your your chances are good, but I I do wish you and I, I do wish you sympathy or something. I forget what the line is before they torch yeah. him. Yeah. You know. But um yeah. So that's mine, Alien. Um, okay, Deb. Um, agreed. I, I really enjoyed both casts. I think that, you know, you kind of got attached to certain characters in both of the films uh, for different reasons. Um, I thought it was really funny how those dudes were just straight up like, I want my money. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to do any more work until I get yeah, paid. Let's talk about yeah. that bonus. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about the bonus. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was in, in like, there was just such like an interesting group. I don't know. I feel like in all horror movies, right? They really pick the characters perfectly, you know? Uh, skateboarding chef dude, you know, yeah, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, really strict captain guy. And then Kurt Russell, who I didn't even know was in the movie. Uh, you know what I mean? Like weird, like ice cowboy. Um, and then like kind of sensitive dog guy, you know, cause like those were his like dogs and the dog yeah. part was also like a little too much for me. I really, yeah, it's, like it's pretty traumatic. You oh, know? Man. Yeah, it's you know, like things happen, like especially, like especially with like domesticated animals. But I'm like, yeah, I was like, I just knew it. I was like, someone's gonna have what those wolves do. Like, ah. um, but I don't know if I if if it's just because I think like Ripley's really cool, and I just like want to relate to her on some like badass chick shit. But I did think that she was the coolest character out of all of the characters in all the movies. Um, so I guess I'm going to go with alien. All right. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I agree that like, I, I think every performance on in both movies was, was great. Uh, there were some awesome, memorable characters. Um, again, in alien, it's the understated, of the performances they're subtle you know the acting is subtle and realistic and really authentic um yeah i had also mentioned ash in my notes like and when he starts to switch to just like killer robot mode when he really starts to wig out like he did that so good you know he rolls up that damn magazine tries to choke her with it and stuff like um i loved lambert i loved her performance like she was the perfect person to relate to if you're freaking out watching that like who why isn't anyone freaking out the thing needed that needed that character that would just totally lose it she was so good at that like she was really good at just crying and like being you know really just freaking out like as as most people probably would uh but you can't have everybody do it so and she did she did it really well uh um and i think it was the most realistic reaction of anybody uh yeah john hurt is kane his performance i thought especially after the face hugger they they got it off of him and they finally go hey 
come, come, you got to see this. And he's sitting at the table like, okay, I want something to eat before we go back into sleep here. And he looked like he had just woken up from a freaking coma or something, you know, again, he looked tired and like, but he looked happy, like, oh, it's over, you know, and you're really bought into the fact that, okay, yeah, he, he survived it. Cool. But then we're only, we're not that far into the movie. So, you know, something's got to happen, but you know, what happened next? We'll get into that later. Uh, was shocking. Um, yeah, the thing pretty, I mean, very similar, uh, a little more like over the top performances, but again, that matches the tone, you know, of, of that movie. So it matches the movie. Well, I thought, I mean, I thought Wilford Brimley was a, was kind of a standout. I really loved his performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love, you mentioned the guys when they're strapped to the bench and all, all hell breaks loose Mm -hmm. and you're like, get me the hell off of here. You know? Yeah. They were just losing it like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, all in all, I thought this was a really hard decision. Um, all the performances were well done. Uh, the dialogue, the tone, everything. Um, but I think I, I, I agree with you guys. Like, the overall feel and the execution of the performances, I think, were better in Alien. Or at least I enjoyed them more in Alien. Um, so, yeah, I agree. We're going to give Alien another uh, clean sweep here in round Wow. Four. Alien is kicking up, kicking some ass here. Ooh, Starting all to right. assert its dominance. Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling it's it's going to become a little closer as we go. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Right. Who knows? We don't know. We, we don't know what each other are going to pick. So uh, that's the great thing about Slugfest. So um, round five is about special effects and makeup. Um. So uh, here's round five. Um, Alien, the, the suit design, uh, is it Geiger or Giger? I, you know, I don't know. It is so amazing. It, it's that weird biomechanical, organic, industrial combination, you know, um, and it looks, it's skeletal, but that weird, huge, bulbous head. And along the tail and the tongue with the teeth, it's 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 just like it's a Freudian nightmare, you know, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, you know, this that's almost because the scene toward the end of Alien where I think Ripley's like getting dressed, the tongue like comes out really slowly. It's like, is this is this like a <laughs> tongue phallus? What is come on now? Um but Rob Botton and Stan Winston. They their practical effects in the thing are just phenomenal. I mean, from the horrific first time we see it, where the dog is just when everything bursts out of the dog and all the tendrils and stuff come up, and then and then from the the gruesome you know autopsy to my favorite, where the guy's getting you know you're going to put the uh, chargers on his chest (laughs) and his chest opens up and like bites the guy's arms off and then the head just kind of slides down (laughs) at the table sprouts legs and starts crawling away like a spider Mm -hmm. and then the guy's his reaction is like you gotta be fucking kidding (laughs) like yeah so uh the thing is just full of special effects and when i was when i saw this when i first time i saw it uh, I was a teenager and I wanted to be a special effects makeup artist. So this was like a wet dream, you know, seeing all these like, oh, my God, I got to learn how they do all this stuff with the latex. And, you know, and I knew they used a lot of 
in the internal guts, they use like creamed corn and things like that, which is, is so awesome. When you look at it now, you can say, oh, that might be worth some of the creamed corn is. But uh, yeah, the thing, I mean, it, it, it's just, the thing is amazing. Yeah, they did all that goopy stuff really well. Yeah, yeah. All right, Deb. Um, I agree. I think that the thing has the best special effects. And when you had mentioned that they had a bigger budget, uh, part of it made me think that part probably the special effects was a major cost. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, just um, I think having it being outside probably makes things more expensive in general. Uh, that's just something I thought about because, like, Alien all takes place, like, basically in you know what I mean like on a set where I could see if like all those helicopters and all the cameras and all the you know unpredictable weathers but that's unrelated um yeah the special effects in the thing were really wild I had no idea uh I was not expecting that uh in a good way and I actually texted my friend who's super into horror makeup um, and does special effects and was like, have you ever seen the thing? Because like these special effects are off the hook. Yeah. And she was like, it's one of my favorite movies. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, seeing the dog, um, I'm going to admit my eyes got very heavy at one point, not because the movie was boring, but because I'm old now. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I fall asleep when I watch movies now. <laughs> Join the I club, love- Deb. Welcome to Happy Metal Horror. Yeah. This hurts. On our next installment of What Hurts. Yeah, we're all old. So <laughs> Seriously. Well, all I heard was Adam go, holy shit, Dad, did you see that? And my eyes just opened back up. And that was, I think, the part that you were talking about. He's like, did you see the spider? And yeah, I was like, no, I didn't. And like, my eyes closed for a second. But then I was up from that moment on again. So I it was just a split second. Um, but yeah, I thought it also like special effects wise, I thought it was really weird when the robot was like breaking down that like all this white stuff was just spraying everywhere. And then like there was yeah. all this white stuff all over the face. And I was just kind of like, that was the weirdest choice. Like out of all of the colors of liquid that could have been spewing out of the robot like white liquid it was just weird not a big deal but just weird yeah it's like um, the, the farthest away from from blood you can get it's like innocuous it almost like, looks like milk you know yeah. i thought it was like maybe like even like oil like maybe like a black sticky or like green ooze you know what i mean mm-hmm. but like sure yeah it looked like it was like yeah like milk i was like or like glue i was like what um, but yeah, long story short, I thought that the, obviously like the alien was the coolest looking in the movie alien, but what the alien did to its victims in the thing was way more brutal and epic. Yeah. So thing wins for me. Okay. All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many iconic scenes in both of these movies, I mean, you know, Alien, like, what's not top-notch in that movie? Like, every aspect of the movie, the special effects, and, you know, visually, it's pretty legendary, even 40, 40 years, over yeah, 40 years later. Yeah, the chest scene still looks good. Yeah, yeah. The alien design, you mentioned that long head, it's so different. It's so unique. 
but it's iconic. Um, even the face hugger, that thing was so cool looking, you know, and it's so disturbing to it think looked you real. could have this thing. Like yeah, it really did. It, it like started to wind itself around his throat. Yeah, when it started more. to tighten so it was, on his It was throat. like reacting like a real organic thing. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And they're like, you know, trying to cut it right mm-hmm. by a knuckle. Just, yeah, everything about that. Uh, I mentioned the Nostromo itself is its own character. Um, the alien ship they explored was awesome looking. Uh, the giant alien being in the chair, this giant yeah, yeah. that's kind of growing out of the chair wow. that obviously had had a chest burster come out of it. and then, But they don't explain anything further. Just leave it, leave it at that and let you, you know, wonder what that's all about. Um, but man, yeah, uh, of course, the chest burster scene is one of the most iconic scenes of in any, any horror movie ever. Um, and it was so unexpected. Um, from what I hear oh, that the crew the cast didn't know what was going to go on in that scene they knew something was going to happen wow. so the, the screams uh, you hear the first couple screams those, those that was like the initial real reaction to the squib going off on his chest and that blood popping up yeah. they, were, they were not expecting that so that's what I heard now it could be complete fabrication but I'd like to believe that's the case yeah Lambert certainly looked uh, shocked yeah. <laughs> she got the most blood in her face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then the thing, like every scene, I like there was a good contrast between Alien and the Thing, where most of the gore in Alien was implied, other than the chest burster that was graphic, but most of the uh, kills by the Alien were mostly implied. You would get yeah. like a like the one time there was a quick shot of its like, teeth, yeah, of its teeth going out, and you see some flesh there. Yeah. But most of it, like when Lambert died and uh, right. the guy she was with, I forgot his name. And it's mostly just screams, these horrific screams and stuff. That go I, quickly silent. Yeah. They, but the just... thing is like so freaking graphic and in your face and it's so gory. And it's so like creative. This mutant is so creative. You you have no idea what the hell it's going to do, what form it's going to take. Um. So, yeah, I like that they... they approach the violence and the gore very different um so man this was a really hard one because they were different approaches to to the gore and this and the the effects um i think a couple things that hurt the thing for me was right in the beginning when they show that super cheesy flying saucer like flying toward earth like the opening credits that looked so bad and it didn't even need to be in the movie at all you didn't need to show us flying saucer <laughs> going to <laughs> flying to earth anyway because you're going to discover the saucer right 20 minutes in the movie and that was the other well what's weird about that is that i actually didn't know the thing was an alien movie so when i saw that for me like not knowing like i i literally had because when you guys said this i was like these seem like really weird movies to compare because I don't know why. I just didn't assume the thing had anything to do with um, extraterrestrial anything. So when I saw that UFO, it made me go, is this an alien movie? (laughs) Yeah. You know, like not in like a curious way, but more like in a shocked way. Like, wait, what? You know? (laughs) And then I was like, oh, it's all making sense. So I guess it did look cheesy as hell. It really did. From an um someone coming in like totally blind to like anything about this movie, it did give me that little bit of oh okay. 
okay, I think this is about aliens. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. But yeah, that's if, cool. and if you had never seen the thing from another world, you would have no concept either. You wouldn't have known. And maybe that's why exactly yeah. why they did it. No, yeah. I, I never. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then. I Cool, but then the scene when they finally went and and to find the alien ship, the crash ship in the ice, was it was so clearly a oil painting. It looked map, so terrible. A map painting, yeah, yeah. It was just it looked so cheesy. It was just awful. Uh, so that kind of took away from the thing, in a way, you know. It, unfortunately, and you mentioned the budget for the uh, the effects. I actually looked that up, and they spent uh, one and a half million was just spent on on Rob Botton's creature effects alone for the movie. So they spent okay. a lot of money on those creature effects for the yeah. thing. It's all practical stuff, lots of servos, lots of lots of things going on there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of them a lot of scenes were cut way down because they didn't want to spend even more money. Like there were some scenes the death of um the guy that they ended up torching out in the snow. Mhm. Uh he was the captain. Um that scene was going to be way bigger, I guess, and way more flashy, but it was, it was going to cost way too much money. So they, they had to keep it much more simple. So that's too bad. I would like to have seen it. Yeah. 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 It's a shame that, you know, money always gets in the way of, of good of stuff. True creativity. Right. So anyway, yeah, this was, <laughs> this is a really tough one because you're somewhat comparing apples to oranges, but, I think I agree with you guys. Uh, the actual in-your-face practical effects of the creature, and every time that thing was on screen, it was something different and something new and really, really cool. Like when it wigged out on the bench when he's testing all the blood, and then that guy starts to mutate, and then he comes off the bench and he grabs that guy and he's got his head in its mouth, yeah, and his body's flailing around like that was so freaky. Uh, man, yeah. So I, I think, all in all, I'm going to give it just purely from the special effects. I, I think I'm going to give it to the thing as well. All right, Oof. we've got a good match. Good match going on. Yeah, through yep. round five. So, um, <clears throat> round six is about the music, the soundtrack, the score everything to do with the music uh, or the, the score soundtrack of the movie. So round six. Or even sound effects, right? Is that part of this category uh, as well? Sure, why not? Why not? So all audio. Uh, audio. All audio, sure, we'll just do that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I was focusing mostly on the music, but that why not? You know, that should be part of it. Sure. Um, so we start with the thing. We have, you know, Ennio Morricone. Uh, fantastic. You might know his his music anywhere when you hear it he did music for a lot of spaghetti westerns you know the good the bad and the ugly you hear that um it's 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 iconic so they brought him in to do this score it's it's spartan you know humanity 2 is the main track that you hear throughout most of the album that kind of pulsing bass dun 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 you know and that kind of low-key kind of uh horns that's that's the sound and it's cold it's distant um but jerry goldsmith did the music for scored um alien it's 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 also spartan in places there's this weird kind of soundscapes where it's eerie and empty and kind of echoey it's almost like um kind of like the emptiness of space that just kind of rings out 
you know, and both soundtracks have really strong scores and emotive, you know, so, but if I'm going to compare the two, when I, when I think of the thing, I think of that humanity too. I think of that Morricone's great soundtrack, but mostly that one song, because it's, it's heard a lot throughout the movie. Whereas alien has a much more expansive music uh, throughout that I think adds to the emotion of it. So um, my vote for music is for alien. Very nice. All right. Okay. All right, Deb. Um, I feel a little silly, but uh, to be completely honest, I cannot, I can't think of any of the music from either of the movies. <laughs> I have I both soundtracks. Know. That's probably part of the problem. So, <laughs> okay, cool. No, I think that's cool. Um, it could be because, you know, it was, a, I've only watched the thing the one time. So it just, I was focusing on so much, you know. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. Sure. Um, I I enjoyed listening to your uh, description, and I'm sure um, seeing as how they're just so iconic that both soundtracks are probably really good. Um, I don't know if I can, like, if we're, like, playing the game right, I don't know i should pick one because i literally don't know if you if you need to go with a draw we're going to cut you some slack unlike chop top we told mm-hmm. him no more draws but if you think it's a draw yeah. we're completely fine with that this is this might be my first draw okay okay all right okay, what did you say adam what did you think <laughs> i was trying to get adam's opinion what, what, <laughs> did, what, what did he say what do you think ads he said uh the thing would win for him okay well next time John Carpenter, um, in general, has like just very intense, dramatic music. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we have um, we have an alien and we have a draw. So Dreadbull, the deciding vote is yours. Interesting. So yeah, both these mo- movies are old enough that they have the old, that classical orchestra style soundtrack. I think some movies, when I go back and listen to older movies, uh. Like today's movies still have that, but it's it's a different style. It's, it's a you can definitely tell movies from like the eighties, late seventies through the eighties by that that sort of straight classical orchestra sound. And some of them, when you go back and listen, like it really shows their age. I think I think both of these movies did it well enough that it doesn't. That the they're both really well done. I think. Um, uh, I think Alien also did some really cool work with like sound effects, the computers and things. If we're going to include that kind of stuff in this category, I think the the sounds of the ships itself were really cool. You never you always felt like you were in a ship and not just in a factory on Earth or something. Uh <clears throat> you always kind of felt the hum of the ship and the sounds of it, the clanks and 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 stuff like that. Um the sound, even just their communication via radio going back and forth was cool. Um, yeah, and I mentioned before, like the screams, like Lambert and Parker, when they were killed, you you didn't really see them dying, but you could hear their screams, like from Ripley's point of view, like echoing through the hallways and stuff. And man, the way they did it and the the, the way the scream sounded, it was really horrific. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, you're right. The soundtrack was really good. It really added some good atmosphere. It's not something that I, I'm with you, Deb. I don't notice it a whole lot. I kind of have to 
make a conscious effort to pay attention to the soundtrack uh, because they're all often very subtle and just kind of adding an, an emotional, you know, undertone to a, to a movie. But um, I think this, the thing also was really solid. I don't think there was anything in particular about it that stood out to me, uh, good or bad. So I can just, I can really only say that it was solid. I thought alien had a little more that audibly that stood out to me. Uh, and so for that reason, I think I'm going to give my vote to alien for music score, soundtrack, yeah. sound effects. All right. Uh, I'm going alien. So I'm going to agree with you on that one, Montag. Wow. That's a rarity. Usually yeah. just on principle. You just, you don't. Yeah. It kind of pains me, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I get just it. This once. Well, welcome to how, it, how it feels to be me. So you're welcome <laughs> for that. Oh. Oh, get me out of here. Yeah, I yeah, know you want to you want to kind of shiver out of that, don't you? <laughs> I know. Imagine that I live with it. So I get it. Um <laughs> round 7 is memorable scenes, memorable lines. Oh boy. Okay. Ooh, boy. Yeah, so round 7. Um well, let's let's start with uh the thing. Uh the the fact that there how many we've already talked about every every scene that you time that you see the alien, it is horrific. Ooh, it ooh. is memorable. It is a different crazy monster that mutates. We got the dog monster. We got the the chest cavity. We got the head dripping down the sprawls way. You know, you got to be fucking kidding. Um, watch Clark. You know, there's performances. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many, so many things. Even even one in the beginning when when McGreedy's playing chess and you know it's like he just takes his drink and pours. That's like the one <laughs> yeah. time where that movie like really like shows its age. Um, this you know, whole computer just for chess master is <laughs> you cheating bitch, you know, yeah. but there's some great lines, uh, with alien, uh, again, we, the first time we go in to see the interior of the ship, like Deb mentioned, it's all wet. It's all mechanical looking, uh, the, the egg, the egg field, the chest burster, the first time you really see when they pull up the, the shed skin, you realize, Oh fuck. Now what, what is this thing going to be? Yeah. Um, and then when you see it, the common sense of me says, how the fuck did you get that many calories to where you can grow yeah, so right, big? Right. You were like eight inches tall, and now you're like eight feet tall. What the yeah. hell? Um, but then you have, you know, one of my, my favorite line from that whole movie, because I like to do, have a, if I could have like one iconic line, I like to do that with movies. It's, Ash is a goddamn robot. <laughs> I mean, that just, that just, just is such a great line. It delivered so perfectly. Um, so, Great line, great on both. But I think as far as memorable stuff, the stuff that stays with me um, is 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 the thing. Uh, all of the scenes of horror, of grisly, grotesque, alien morphing horror, just you can't forget those. Um, so there are just more of them in the in yeah. the thing than alien. So my vote is for the thing. Okay, uh, Deb. Excellent. And what is, what's this, remind me of this category again. This is uh, memorable lines or memorable scenes, you know, scenes that stand out to you like, oh, I'm never going to forget this one, you know. For sure. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I guess in, in the thing, uh, the first memorable moments uh was yeah i guess seeing the weird dog creature for the first time uh that really stood out also kurt russell was wearing a really weird hat uh at one point and <laughs> that kind of cowboy hat yeah like kind of turned up it was weird 
Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, with the flaps. So that was very distracting for me. <laughs> I'm not going to see um, you wear that, that next year on tour, Deb. You're not going to get one of those for I next year. I'm going to try to make one myself. <laughs> going to get her an HMH. Uh, yeah, weirdly, yeah, weirdly weird flat hat. hat. We're going to call it an H- yeah, heavy metal horror flat hat. We'll all be wearing them. Yeah. <laughs> when we go on safari. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, what else in that movie? Um, yeah, I guess like you were saying, the horror was just, and the gore was way more shocking in that movie. I would say an alien, it was expected. Uh, there was a huge alien. It would kill them. You know what I mean? Appropriately. It it wasn't too it wasn't too gross, I feel like. Um, sure. What were some memorable moments? Um, I guess one of the most memorable moments in Alien for me was when, obviously, like you know, it, it's almost the end of the movie. She like is like kind of just in her underwear, which is like, oh my god, she's in her underwear. With her butt um, cracks, it doesn't even cover her butt crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like why, you know, you think so bad for space underwear is so tiny. Yeah, <laughs> these underwear were definitely not functional. Um, but you could tell she was just ready to kick back. Like she's like, "All right, man, all my friends are dead. I got my fucking cat." Like, <laughs> and that poor cat, she chucked that thing around in that in that cage. She was so not easy on that poor cat. I felt bad you know for the cat. I get it, dude. I get yeah. it. At least she had the cat. Because I also True. could relate. Um, like, I am that cat person where, like, I'm not leaving unless I have my, my cat. <laughs> so I I commend her. Um, that movie might just win for me just on that that principle alone. Of what <laughs> she did her animal. Yeah. Um, but... Um, when the alien was like sleeping in that little cubby, you know what I mean? And then it wasn't over and it was just like, here we are, it's starting again. Ah. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of hard to decide. I'm going to go with alien though. Okay. All right. More memorable moments for me, even though the gore was way more intense. Sure. I remember more of alien. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh Yeah. 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 This is a very, this is a tough slugfest. I mean, these are films that I've seen for 40 years and I love, and uh, it was hard. They're like, Oh God, cause they're both so great. They're both like in my favorites, you know, list. Mm-hmm. So I and get it. Long answers, you know? Right. Precisely. Sure. So, all right, Dread Bull yet again, look at this deja vu. The, the yeah. deciding vote comes to you. Look, you're never going to get over the sense of power now and importance. Oh my God. I can't believe it. I'm, I'm just it's drunk driven. with power. That's right. <laughs> Try I control power. the show now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, alien. I mean, you could go through almost every scene in this film and like, there's something memorable. Like they don't waste a scene. I think in this entire movie, uh, every scene has something really cool about it. Uh, we've mentioned all of them, the alien ship, you know, the eggs, the way the egg opened up and like the, the jiggly, slimy stuff inside the egg was so cool. Like a chicken um, breast that had been thawed out. Yeah. You yeah. Know, really great. Effects. Skin on, yeah. Inside, uh, of a, inside of a cantaloupe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Face hugger, chest burster, mm-hmm. you know, the alien itself. Uh, yeah. Ash getting his head knocked clean off. I thought that was the cool. That was so cool. when it when I first saw it, like, Man, that dude just hauled off and blasted him. Like, and the way it just hung on his back, you know, while he's flailing around and stuff. And uh, 
I know you thought the white stuff was weird. I thought it was a great choice for color. Like, I think if it would have been like some weird, weird alien day glow green or blue, it would have been cheesy, I think, or even oil would have been just what you expect. I think the Who on point. white, the white was just like completely unexpected and kind of gross. I don't know. Was it? It almost did, feels did organic. It kind of make you think like semen or something almost, you know, like that made it a little grosser. And, and everybody's getting sprayed with it. <laughs> right. You know, Take so. the load. Oh, ash. Oh. Right. So I think, I think, yeah, as gross as it was and weird, I think it made it more effective. Alien that, porn. That, well, there we go. <laughs> next time we will horror. Um, Good point. <laughs> so, yeah, the thing, I mean, yeah, every single scene with, with the mutant alien was awesome was creative um I, I think the most memorable for me was when they did the blood testing scene and two guys are strapped to that bench when that thing starts to mutate and i could just you could hear the panic and the horror in their in their <laughs> voices you know and i could just like oh my god i don't know how you how you could handle it um that was super uh memorable yeah the guy's chest caving in and Gets his arms chopped off. Um, so, yeah. Uh, th this was maybe the toughest category for me. I think while the thing has super memorable scenes and all the monster scenes were beautifully done, I think, like, Alien's memorable scenes were kind of legendary. They're, like, iconic. Like, n you never saw a chest burster in a movie until that point you know you've seen gross gory monsters before but like th there was a creativity i think to the alien uh scenes that were unique and memorable and so for me i'm gonna give the edge to alien in the uniqueness of the memorable scenes uh made them i think to me more even more memorable all right excellent yeah hey we've got a good slugfest going on kids so yeah that gives uh that gives that round to alien all right, we've got two more rounds left. Um, you know, since we are talking about horror, even though these films are also science fiction, there's definitely a horror factor. And part of horror is the fear factor. And that's what round eight is. Round eight is about the fear factor. Which one has more genuine fright? So round eight. Um, I, I think both movies have genuine moments of, of terror uh, and, and horror, visceral body horror. Um you know, Alien has that. What the first time through, you know, you don't expect something to pop out of this guy's chest. You just don't, uh, and and just the, it, you know, you're just as startled. Um, you know, the 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 jump scare when when um, the captain is down in in the tunnels and they're looking for the alien, and then he's like flashing his light and like you know, <laughs> it's like coming toward him, and he like it's not there. Then he turns around and then it's the scream, and the alien goes, eh, you know, um, it, that's which just I like, thought was a little bit cheesy, like because the alien it doesn't lunge at him, it just goes ah, and it's it throws its <laughs> arms at him, so like it's kind of like a haunted house, you know, at Halloween, like they're not allowed to touch you, so they just have to like <laughs> lunge at you and scream a little bit, but. uh yeah, uh, but it was still yeah. the The sound was was awesome. The right sound, there. yeah, squealing. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. just the alien just throwing his arms out and screaming was kind of uh -huh. like it was just trying to startle him. It, it wasn't going <laughs> to eat him. It scared him to death. It didn't eat him. Well, it, it, well, since Deb, you're going to go back and rewatch this. I hope. But have you seen the director's cut? 
of alien no. or the, or the, okay there are longer so. versions of alien and aliens that i think are really worth the, the watch they they alter the story a little bit so from hmm. what you see yeah there's a little bit longer and aliens has like what 30 more minutes something like that dreadbull it's a lot yeah yeah it's it's considerable amount of of, yeah. of footage so um but then we have the thing which has so many moments of terror and horror just visceral body horror intense it's so intense um we've mentioned all the scenes that we've talked about them before so uh it, there are moments of terror in in alien but for me the more there's more fear and more dread in the thing um it is just because the tension is palpable that adds makes you feel edgy but it's because the you know, once you see the alien in adult form you know what it's going to do it's it's you know you've seen it there the thing was different every time mm, um it just just yeah. like oh my god this and like you had mentioned dread the scene where the guy is like picks him up his head splits open and he grabs a guy <laughs> i'm like what the fuck man yeah. i've never that's just insane uh-huh. you know yeah no. so yeah i I told you guys so the, that that is that's nightmare fuel you know so the thing wins it for me um okay deb your your take on the fear factor um, i think it's a hard it's a hard one because um what i think is scary about uh alien is that they're trapped um, they're, they're trapped on a ship with this thing. It busts on a dude's chest and then just takes off. You know what I mean? It could be anywhere. Um, to me, that's terrifying. Um, not knowing how many there are, not knowing how big it's shedding, you know, like you mentioned finding its skin, uh, earlier. Um, that's super freaky. Uh, the thing, at least you knew it was in someone right it wasn't just wandering around like you knew it was it kind of had a home base until it was ready to show itself and and morph into whatever it was uh you know copying um but seeing the carnage that the thing did to people was way scarier than the death that alien caused people Mm. Um, so I think that made it scarier too. Um, and like you said, also the distrust, the thriller aspect, uh, it, it left you on your, your, your seat, you know? So, um, I guess I'm going to say the thing was overall scarier and I would be more freaked out if I were in that situation. Also due to the temperature, it made things very difficult for them. Um, overall, I just seemed way shittier. <laughs> to be there so i yeah i picked the thing for that all right cool yeah man those are all good points um yeah uh for me alien i think the the fear there was more like sustained like for me the alien and this ship was so big and complex and had so many little dark nooks and crannies like the alien could be hiding anywhere you know and so your imagination is 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 filling in the gaps you know that alien could be in that little dark corner or behind that piece of machinery and so there was always this chance that that damn thing was right right next to you and you didn't know it and so there was like this steady diet of tension and fear that any second that thing could be on you and it's over with. 
where the and thing having the, I, and the transmission, right? Yeah, or or the thing. Yeah, yeah getting it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, where the thing was like moments of extreme terror, and then you would get a little break in between. Like everybody would regroup and okay, okay you know, we we could breathe for a few minutes, and then so it was like moments of real punctuated terror, and then a little break in there. So for me, mm-hmm. I think the 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 sustained tension of Alien was scarier and the, the the it left a little space for your mind to really work on you and even watching the movie you're looking you're checking all the little dark places where the alien could be hiding you know when you know it's lurking somewhere you know and that to me was it was super scary uh so yeah just for me and the way my psychology works i i thought alien was a scarier uh movie overall for me yeah, That's scarier to watch. The things lurking in the corners, like what's behind you, way up in the back of the corner of your room. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably a, you know somebody's gonna watch this and go, "Did you see that face behind you?" <laughs> yeah. you know? I'll put one in there. I'll do a special <laughs> effect, real subtle, like in the Exorcist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I'll put a picture of Chop Top. Oh my God! No. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> the ghost of Chop. It's lurking. Oh well, we are at round nine. Now, um, like you, you last Dreadbull said that Fear Factor was the, the more, or was it uh, memorable scenes was was most challenging for you. This mm-hmm. one was the most challenging for me. Round nine is rewatchability, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. As mm-hmm. as fans, when we when you really love something, you watch it more than one time. And I know Dreadbull and I have definitely watched these movies multiple times. Um, and Deb, I know you're going to be a lifelong fan now too. So, <laughs> uh, round nine. Uh, both are great movies, you know, both are, are, are my favorites of the sci-fi slash horror genre. Um, so it was really challenging because at any given time, if this were playing on TV or something like that, I would just, I would sit down and watch it, you know, or when it comes to like wanting to put something on, you know, uh, they're, they're both wonderful. I think alien has a larger scope of story. There are more elements in the story. It's not as claustrophobic in some ways because they get out of the ship. It's the claustrophobia. Even even the Nostromo itself is way bigger than the Antarctic post. Mm-hmm. So sure. um, so there's a broader scope of, of story there, of, of place, and I think more story elements. So for me, and it's more – they're both pure science fiction in, in, in many ways, but I'm going to nod toward Alien. I think if I had to give the choice between the two – Alien's going to take me on more of a journey, I think, a little bit than than the thing. So, Alien for me. Okay, uh, okay Deb. Since you've just watched um, the thing for the first time, now yes, you can think. Hmm, which movie are you going to want to rewatch more? I would definitely rewatch both multiple times, um, but I do think that I'm going to pick Alien because. I feel like um, the set, the plot, um, there's more stuff that I feel like you're going to see for the first time every time you watch it. Um, you know, the the set, everything, like there, things are going to jump out at you uh, differently um, and maybe not at all or at different points um, every time you watch it. Um, more so than the thing. Like, I, I feel like 
when I watch it again, I'll probably like see parts and especially the part I fell asleep during uh, for the first time. But I don't know. There's just something about Alien to me that seems a little deeper and more visually, you know, appealing like I talked about earlier. So Alien has my vote. All right. Yeah, I agree. Like Alien has a lot of there's a subtlety and detail uh, enough throughout the movie that you're going to catch little things with subsequent rewatches, I think, more often than you would with Alien, which is a little more everything about, or I'm sorry, everything about the thing is a little more in your face, you know, and you you, mm-hmm. you don't miss a whole lot with the thing. Like, they throw it right at you. Um, and I think this simple fact that I have watched Alien way more over the years than I've, wa- than I've rewatched the thing, although I love both movies. Um, so just purely by the numbers i have rewatched alien a lot more so for me that's more that's more rewatchable uh than the thing so <laughs> i agree with you guys alien is more rewatchable a clean sweep on that one Ooh. Ooh. Well, wow so that's the end of the of the end of the slugfest <laughs> what's the tally the final tally dreadbull you're going to be a little surprised here alien handily beat the thing by a, a final of 6 to 3 Wow. Yeah. I did not wow. expect it to be that close. I didn't you that close? Yeah. I mean that that I figured it'd be much closer rather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's not that close. <laughs> no, I'm a little high. So it's yeah, okay. he might yeah. be a little getting a little high right now. <laughs> yeah. This usually happens toward the end of the show. <laughs> Hey, you held up pretty well, I must say. You, didn't I, you know, I, I timed the edible right. You did a good job. You know, I didn't want to be too high like when we were doing our <laughs> sorcerer review. Like, no, I got a little too high for that one. I'm like slurring my words and forgetting what sentence I was trying to say. I'm like, that's just too much. Uh-huh. No, I'm just, just high enough to be in the moment. So oh, uh, yeah. that was, that was good. Six to three. Yeah. That's Six a, to three. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. Um, I would like to hear what the chop had to say about this. I'd like to know what his votes are on that. Yeah, you know, we'll have that... to just at least have him send uh, send in the votes and see if it would have. Yeah, because I think all. there could have been there could have been several ties. I think with <clears throat> um, uh, in this easily because these are two just classic films of the you know and and both amazing movies. Yeah, I wanted um, to hear chop just agonize over every. He's so, <laughs> yeah, he's he would have. He would have. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, this was the toughest one, guys." Right. Right. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, that was a good slugfest. Um, Deb, thank you again for being back on Heavy Metal Horror. It has been a true joy to have you back on the show. Oh, pleasure was all mine. And it was so fun to have this like horror movie homework. (laughs) And um, yeah, just really fun to like catch up with you guys and chat. And, you know, this was a really great way to spend the evening. So I I appreciate it. Oh, our our pleasure. Totally agree. Yeah. you definitely have to keep us informed about the new record, um, about any any other touring plans for 2024, all those things like that, because we definitely want to support you and, and everyone. Go out and see Lady Beast, buy the records, uh, support the band any way you can. Um, and then we're looking forward to uh, next year's Metal Immortal, whenever, uh, you know, well, that, I'm sure we'll hear more about that as the lineup solidifies. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we're going to do our outro and then you're more than welcome to join us with the horns at the end. So you, you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com. Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, heavy metal horror podcast on Instagram. Look for Montag Lewis. One word, our YouTube page, heavy metal horror podcast. If you're watching, that's where you're at. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. And if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag master of illusion. Red bull. And, and, Deb, Deb. <laughs> you've been watching and listening to okay Deb bring up the horns <sighs> heavy heavy metal, metal. horror <laughs> this is Doug Helbring and you have been listening to heavy metal horror the best podcast that you've never heard before <laughs> <laughs>